Eli really, really likes Daniel. Uh, he was thrilled. We talked the night of the draft when they made the pick, and uh, he'd already had a relationship with Daniel here. And I love the fact that they're both honest. Daniel said, I I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to play. I respect that, and I think that's one of the things that Eli respects about Daniel. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was Duke head coach David Cutcliffe, also from our show earlier this week. We have lines open for the first time in a long time, so call us from anywhere in North Carolina or beyond. This is our one and only show each week where you steer our ship. We have fewer guests. In fact, today, only one. Fox Sports broadcaster Chris Myers is part of the TV call for the Rams trip to face your Carolina Panthers on Sunday afternoon. Chris has requested a later this hour time slot which allows for you to steer the ship now as we are halfway to Margaritaville, celebrating week one of NFL football, week two of college football action. Little U.S. Open tennis, little Major League Baseball coming down the stretch of that regular season, a little World Cup of basketball with Team USA, still the favorite in China, but after the first round showing some warts here and there and even almost losing to Turkey, they are on to round two seeking the gold medal in yet another international competition. The Carolina Hurricanes are back in camp. Their regular season opener is less than one month away at this point. The NASCAR boys are in Indianapolis. You have questions, comments, complaints. I did promise one thing before the break. I'll get to that from the football world. 1-800-849-2761. David Cutcliffe there was, of course, describing both quarterbacks on the depth chart with the New York Giants. He was Eli Manning's coach at Ole Miss as the head coach after he was Peyton Manning's coach at Tennessee as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And he was Daniel Jones' co coach this, these past few years with the Duke Blue Devils. So now Giants starter is veteran Eli Manning of David Cutcliffe Vintage. Giants backup is the high first round draft pick, higher than many thought Daniel Jones would be selected. Daniel Jones of those Duke Blue Devils. Some fans after Daniel Jones had a great preseason, numbers and otherwise, are asking why he has to continue to wait behind a guy in Eli Manning who has those Super Bowl rings, but really lost a lot of the Giants fan base in recent years. Well, to start, at least, as we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761, Texas A&M at Clemson, LSU at Texas, Miami at UNC, among the college football matchups most worth watching. We'll get to some others around the ACC and even around the great state of North Carolina. In the NFL, the headliners include the Steelers at the Patriots, the Rams at the Panthers, our game in Charlotte on Sunday afternoon. The Falcons have a tough opener at Minnesota. And meanwhile, a couple of hot seat coaches, Jay Gruden of Washington and Pat Shermer of the Giants, they not only have road trips, they have road trips to teams that are projected by most to be in the playoffs this year. So it's Washington at my Philadelphia Eagles. It's the Giants at those Dallas Cowboys. People always ask me for their survivor pool picks. Again, historically, we at the David Glenn Show help you much more with those pools than we do with your fantasy league teams. You only have a handful of smart choices for your survivor pools. Two of them would be the Cowboys at home against the Giants, the Eagles at home against Washington. The only other candidates I could see would be the Seahawks in Seattle over the Bengals or the Chargers in L.A. over the Colts. Remember, no more Andrew Luck. Jacoby Brissett was not great the year he filled in for the injured Andrew Luck. Great at NC State, no doubt about that. But in his full season opportunity as a starter – 
he was not very good. He just got a $30 million contract, so maybe he'll be inspired by that. The Colts do have a good team otherwise. Can Brissett give them anything close to the play that Andrew Luck gave them last year as the comeback player of the year in the NFL? We'll see. But those are your best bets. If you made me pick one, I'd probably go with Eagles over Washington. And I, I don't think I'm being biased in favor of my Philly team. I just think the Eagles are one of the better contenders in the NFC this year. And I think Washington is one of the lesser contenders in the NFC this year. And it's in Philly. So I do not believe for the record ever in saving a team for later. You know, some of those. Yeah, that would have been my next point. Some of those because if you believe they're one of the best teams in the NFL, that's one of the strategies. Some of those survivor pools allow you the rules differ but some of them allow you to pick each team only one time so if you use the eagles over washington this weekend you could not use the eagles again this year and i like that rule actually it makes it a little more challenging for those in the survivor pools i don't know if they're all that way but it feels like most I of think them most are, that are way, yeah. right i'm always reminded of the you know nfl stands for not for long don't be plotting a week or three down the road. Get it right this week. It's a survivor pool. Are you really going through all the machinations if your boat has capsized and I throw you a flotation device, Darren? I just took a boating course this summer, so I am on point <laughs> with all of my boating safety issues. I throw you a flotation device. Are you really thinking big picture? Or are you trying to save your soul? Right. First, I'm grabbing the flotation yes. device. That's step number one. That's getting through week one. There's of the no NFL down the road. <laughs> NFL is not for long for players, coaches, and officials. It is also well remembered by you in your local survivor pool. 1-800-849-2761. All right. In a weekend, as we take those calls, 1-800-849-2761. As most others in college football play cupcake opponents this weekend. And I'm not even criticizing that. If I'm Dave Dorn in NC State, I want and need the occasional Western Carolina on my schedule, right? I got to deal with Clemson every year. I got to deal with Florida State every year. I've got a tough schedule that's handed me by the league office in Greensboro. I want flexibility. I'm happy to take on, as he told us, ECU, what did he say, every three or four years. A little in-state rivalry, you know, rekindle that. But you don't want monsters all over your non-conference schedule. So I'm not criticizing the majority of college football teams for playing the cupcake game this weekend. Virginia's going to crush William & Mary tonight. Their dominating win against Pitt last week at Pitt certified to me why they were the pick in the Coastal Division. Miami might be that team. Some Carolina fans think they're going to surprise now that they've seen them beat the Gamecocks. Others still like the Hokies, who lost at Boston College last week. Whatever. UVA dominated Pitt at Pitt. We learned a lot more about the Cavs at a Panthers team that played for the ACC title last year than we'll learn about the Cavs tonight as they crush William & Mary of the FCS subdivision, right? Similarly, we learned more about Wake in beating one of the best teams in the Mountain West with a Heisman candidate quarterback, Jordan Love. Deeks over Utah State in Winston-Salem last week, to me, taught us more about Wake Forest than whatever we might learn tonight when the Deeks go to Rice and beat the Owls who are not the caliber of a Utah State. Similarly, App State's going to beat Charlotte and Boone this weekend. We'll learn a little more because App State's jumping up a level, right? They beat 
a, an FCS opponent last week in Eli Drinkwitz's debut as the head coach. They're playing an FBS opponent. There's only seven in our state. Two of them are playing each other. Charlotte at App State. The Mountaineers are the much better team, in my opinion. Uh, favorites in the Sun Belt as the 49ers are picked to be low in the Conference USA ranks under their first-year head coach, Will Healy. So which teams will we learn something about? Which are playing at-risk games? Well, I gave you my breakdown of Miami at UNC. As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Clearly, we'll learn a lot about both Texas A&M Clemson. Clearly, we'll learn about, a lot about both LSU and Texas. Four of the top 12 teams in the National College football playoff picture, meaning the rankings right now. Four of the top 12 are playing each other. Aggies at Death Valley in Clemson. Tigers of LSU at the Longhorns of Texas. That's your Saturday night special. More on them in a second. You know who else will learn something about, even they're, though they're playing a lower division opponent? What did we learn about Duke against Alabama in Atlanta? To me, I don't think we learned a lot. David Cutcliffe told us some of the things he felt he learned. But do we really know what Quentin Harris is going to be like as Daniel Jones' successor at quarterback for the Blue Devils? Waited his turn, fifth-year senior, did a lot of things right in spring practice. But Coach Cuts told us on the show earlier this week he didn't like the Devils' execution on offense a lot leading into the Alabama game. And sure enough, Alabama, we all knew, had a lot more talent. What did we really learn in the tied 43, the Blue Devils 3, or 42-3? to three? Uh, Not much. We already knew Alabama was a lot better than Duke. We didn't learn a lot. We learned about UVA at Pitt. We learned about Virginia Tech at Boston College, both teams. We learned about Tar Heels over Gamecocks, both teams, what they do well, what they do less well. You only learn when you're playing someone at least a little bit like you, whether you're the smaller favorite or a smaller underdog. Duke hosts North Carolina A&T, and you might roll your eyes at me, and I know it's not a national game the way LSU Texas and Texas A&M Clemson are, but A&T has built itself into the one of the F, best FCS programs in the entire country. They've won the HBCU National Championship, the Aggies have, three of the last four years. First under Rod Broadway, now retired, now under Sam Washington. They had a great opener in beating fellow top 25 FCS team Elon last week. I watched some of that game digitally, Darren. You'd have been really proud of me. A&T is a we'll learn more about the Blue Devils opponent than Alabama was, period. Duke had no chance against Alabama, and we all know it. Note, Duke is the favorite against A&T. FBS teams are supposed to beat F- FBS teams, should beat FCS teams, and should do it convincingly. But a- A&T has a defensive culture that will allow us to learn a lot more about Quentin Harris and the Duke offense. And Deion Jackson as a preseason All-ACC running back. And do they have a better offensive line than the one that got Daniel Jones beat up last year? Do they have a better offensive line or, or wide receiver core than the one that, come the NFL draft, all the draft Knicks were making fun of because Daniel Jones didn't have enough targets, you know, talented targets to throw to during his time, or at least some of his time at Duke. We will learn a lot more about the Devils. We will learn a lot more about both the Hurricanes and the Tar Heels. And absolutely, positively, we will learn a lot more about Texas A&M and Clemson and LSU at Texas. One question about the LSU Tigers. How often have you as an LSU fan or others as a casual observer of college football, how often have you been excited about the quarterback play at LSU? Man, I loved Patrick Patterson as a cornerback at LSU. 
They send safeties to the league left and right. They've got offensive linemen, defensive linemen, running backs, All-Americans at the college level, future pros in many cases, linebackers. When didn't LSU have a good and often great defense under a Les Miles tenure, for example? You off the wide receivers are often really, really good. It's been, it's been al- almost everything is compelling about a traditional SEC power, with the exception in most years of quarterback. Wasn't it like the ultimate game manager? Whether his name was Zach Mettenberger or Jordan Jefferson or Danny Etling or, you know, Rohan Davey back in the day. I know Jamarcus Russell was a brilliant college player, and then he goes on to be one of the greatest busts in NFL history when he tries to make the leap. I remember Tommy Hodson. I know he was a good college quarterback. It's just weird that such a famous program would so rarely have, like, the QB that you're excited about. In our backyard, man, NC State's got Phillip Rivers leading the Chargers, Jacoby Brissett's leading the Colts, Russell Wilson's leading the Seahawks, and they're everywhere. Mike Glennon has been in the league for a long time. Ryan Finley is Andy Dalton's backup in Cincinnati right now. I mean, it's incredible. QBU, right? As and, and NC State has rarely been in the national college football conversation, and yet they've got five to six quarterbacks at any given time that both did great things at the college level and are starting or have started in other cases at the NFL level. Man, that's impressive. LSU's the opposite of that. They're usually in the national conversation because they have so much NFL-caliber talent. They were great you know, when Nick Saban was their head coach and Jimbo Fisher was their offensive coordinator. They had some frustrating teams when Les Miles was there, but it was almost always because the offense couldn't do enough or the quarterback couldn't do enough. There is an Ohio State transfer named Joe Burrows, and this gets this fits the theme again. Cupcake games don't teach us much about either team. Competitive games like Miami, UNC, LSU, Texas, A&M, Clemson, and some others teach us everything about these teams. And in this particular case, is Joe Burrow, the Ohio State grad transfer, immediately eligible, old dude, not one of these freshmen, but new to LSU, old guy. He was spectacular last week against an inferior opponent. Now, what do you learn? I'm not sure because it was only an inferior opponent that he tore up. But that was better quarterback play than I'm used to seeing even against cupcakes, historically. Does Ed Orgeron finally have the quarterback to go with what is usually a pretty darn talented depth chart overall? Texas provides the type of opponent that allows us to see more of these things. Texas believes Tom Herman is the guy to bring it back to the promised land. LSU provides the challenge. LSU believes it might have finally found another quarterback to be excited about. But Texas is a big upgrade versus the lesser opponent that you trounced in week one. I'm telling you, Cirque, watch Grant Delpit play. You'll want to draft him to your Carolina Panthers next year. Amazing safety on the defensive side, as we're used to with LSU. Watch Colin Johnson, the six foot six Texas wide receiver. He'll be at the next level as well. It is one of the biggest games of the weekend. The Longhorns quarterback, Sam Ellinger, can run it and he can throw it. So it might be advantage Longhorns at the quarterback position. But if Joe Burrow can follow up a phenomenal debut for the LSU Tigers, that 
will compete with A&M at Clemson for Game of the Weekend honors. 1-800-849-2761. We'll get to Chad and Raleigh on the other side. We'll get to Molly in Boston on the other side. You can chime in from anywhere around the world or certainly in any of the almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns that carry the David Glenn Show. Chris Myers of Fox Sports joins us in less than 30 minutes. He's on the TV call for Rams at Panthers, one of the highlights of the NFL schedule this weekend. Your questions, comments, complaints, and prognostications on the other side, 1-800-849-2761 is how you can be next on The David Glenn Show. Megan Rapino is joining us on The David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is The David Glenn Show. Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. You can be next with your question, comment, complaint, prognostication. Get something off your chest that's been burning a hole in your sports soul or direct us back towards something from the week that was in sports or the weekend to come. We have Rams and Panthers on our mind. I'll be watching Cam Newton's health, his surgically repaired right shoulder, and his recently injured left foot. I'll be watching both lines for the Panthers to be great. As a franchise built from the trenches out for a long time, I mean from Jerry Richardson through David Tepper at the ownership level, from Dave Gettleman through Marty Herney at the GM level, and of course through this entire now nine-season run with Ron Rivera as the head coach and Cam Newton as your starting quarterback. For the Panthers to be great, they need that better version of Cam, health and otherwise, and they need to be great in the trenches. If K.K. Short plus... The recently added Gerald McCoy, plus maybe the best linebacker in the NFL, certainly one of them, Luke Keekley, plus a motivated Shaq Thompson, now that Thomas Davis has moved out to L.A., that can be a dominating front seven, not just a good front seven. That can be the nucleus of a playoff team. Cam Newton needs help. He's going to get it from a healthy Greg Olson as long as the tight end stays healthy well into his 30s at this point. He gets plenty of help from Christian McCaffrey as a runner and as a receiver, and McCaffrey has proven to be very durable since he became a first-round pick out of Stanford. But the opponent is brutal. The good news there is that that allows you to learn more about yourself. The bad news there is that, of course, you are more likely to start on the wrong foot at 0-1, given that it's Sean McVay, Aaron Donald, Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, and the L.A. Rams invading Bank of America Stadium on Sunday afternoon. You can be next with your question, comment, or complaint on the week that was or the weekend to come. You can join us now by dialing that number, 1-800-849-2761. Quick reminder, Chris Myers of Fox Sports, who is on the TV call for Rams at Panthers, will be our guest in about 20 minutes. So jump in with your phone calls now if you can, 1-800-849-2761. Texas A&M is at Clemson in the featured matchup, along with LSU at Texas of the college football weekend. Again, Miami at UNC, probably the highlight in the state of North Carolina this weekend. A&M is a school that views itself as a national championship contender because way back before all of us were born, like even before polls were taken, like in the poll era, Texas A&M actually won a single football national title 
it happened to be 80 years ago, 1939. Way back then, they were still determining national championships by sports writers' vote. That is the most recent example of Texas A&M winning a football national title. And yet, if you look at their facilities, if you look at their budget, if you look at the contract they gave Jimbo Fisher to lure him away from Florida State, you know they ain't messing around when they talk about viewing themselves as at least capable of the top tier, even though you and I have come to see that as Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and you know Oklahoma and the others may vary from year to year. But you know who the super heavyweights are, and so do I. And we haven't thought of Texas A&M that way in football for a long, long time. Well, they have in some years the largest budget in college sports, period. Some of your fairly large schools have 100 million or so athletic department budgets. Texas A&M is twice that. That's how much money they're spending, and that's how much money they're making. The largest fully guaranteed contract that I have ever seen in three-plus decades covering sports is the $75 million Texas A&M gave Jimbo Fisher. Typically, only your base salary and then maybe some other things are fully guaranteed, meaning if you coach it out, you get it all. But if you get fired at midstream, only this smaller chunk was guaranteed, and you're only getting that smaller chunk for the years that you end up not serving because you were fired. Every dollar of Jimbo Fisher's 10-year, $75 million contract, Texas A&M luring him away from Florida State, where they didn't have the kind of money to compete with that kind of an offer. Florida State is not one of the wealthier universities in the ACC or around what we've thought of as prominent college football programs. They're not poor, but by A&M standards, they're not even close to rich. As we come to your calls, keep in mind that Dabo Sweeney is the guy that took Clemson back to where it thought it should be. Even before I started covering this stuff, starting in 1987, Danny Ford led Clemson to a national championship in football. That was it. That was their one title. A guy named Frank Howard built them to other greatness prior to that. But Danny Ford was the guy who got him to the top of the mountain. And you all know what happens. When your favorite school does get there, you expect to get back. The bar is raised. You don't want to be a one-time wonder. So at Texas A&M, they don't want to forget where they were 80 years ago and longer than that. At Clemson, they didn't want to forget. They had decent teams. They usually had winning teams, bowl teams. But from 1981 all the way into the 2000s, they just could not get back to the top of the mountain. Sometimes the top of the ACC mountain, yes, but national title, no. So Jimbo is only in year two, but his task is the same as Dabo was given when, remember, he went from little-known recruiter and wide receivers coach under Tommy Bowden to interim head coach because they loved his charisma, they thought they might want to take a chance on a guy, but he had never been a coordinator, much less a head coach, and they weren't sure that they would make that unconventional leap. Well, after he impressed as an interim head coach, he gets the head coaching job. The rest is history. Dabo not only got the Tigers back to a national title, he's got two rings in the last three years. They're number one as they host Texas A&M this weekend. Jimbo Fisher is basically being asked to do at Texas A&M sleeping giant before we were all born cranking out national titles. Even in the poll era, they got one 80 years ago this year. 
Jimbo is only two years in. Remember, Dabo didn't take the Tigers to the national title in his second year as the head coach. Now, he has been mostly brilliant for, what is it, eight years in a row. As Texas A&M comes to town, they will be dangerous. If you have forgotten, one year ago, the Aggies quarterback, a guy named Kellen Mond, right there in College Station, Texas, who was Clemson at A&M a year ago, in what turned out to be the only, to this moment, the only 15-0 FBS season ever put together. Clemson of 2018 is the only example of that number ever at the FBS level, 15-0. They're doing documentaries about it as we speak. Do you know what the closest games were? There were only two. Out of 15, there were only two close games. Remember, they crushed Alabama. That Nick Saban team got embarrassed in the national championship matchup. There were only two close games. Syracuse and ACC play. I think they lost by four. I remember it was one possession. The only other close game was Texas A&M. And Kellen Mond, who is back as the Aggies quarterback, threw for 400-plus yards against the Tigers last year. He's even better this season. And Clemson, remember, lost all four of those defensive linemen starters from last year to the NFL. Do I think that narrows the gap? No. I think Clemson is not really that much different than last year's team, just with different personnel. They're better on offense, perhaps. Remember, Kelly Bryant was their starter when they went to Texas A&M last year. They won 28-26, to two-point win. But that was part of the evolution where Dabo had to eventually conclude, hey, this Tre- Trevor Lawrence freshman guy is really giving us a better chance to win. When they went to College Station a year ago, Kelly Bryant was their starting quarterback. It seems like forever ago, right? Eventually, Trevor Lawrence went from backup to starter, and that's when the Tigers' offense hit the accelerator, and the rest of that 15-0 season is history. Kellen Mond is better, but Texas A&M is not better. And oh, by the way, it matters a lot whether you're home or away in these big games. College Station was jacked up about Jimbo Fisher's first year a year ago and getting mighty Clemson to visit their town. This is at Death Valley. Trevor Lawrence is better as a sophomore. I didn't know. I know he didn't show it against Georgia Tech. He's better as a sophomore than he was as a freshman. I think he'll prove that. And Jimbo, only in year two, lost a lot of experienced players, either to the NFL or to graduation. So it's A&M's good. Don't get me wrong. They are, as Mark Richt said on our show this week, the former Miami coach said, 12 regular season games, the biggest risk game for the Clemson Tigers is Texas A&M coming to town on Saturday afternoon. That's in Mark Richt's eyes. It's certainly on the short list in everybody's eyes for Dabo and the boys. As we come to your calls on the other side, and we look look forward to Chris Myers joining us a little bit later. From 2011 through 2017, Darren Vaught, only two head coaches won the ACC football championship. That's seven consecutive years. There were only two different guys who their name was on the proverbial trophy or the history books, a better way to put it. It was Jimbo and Dabo. Seven straight years, it was either FSU or Clemson, not only winning the Atlantic, but winning the ACC title. They went four and four against each other while they were both head coaches in the ACC. Jimbo usually won when he had the better team. Dabo usually won when he had the better team. It starts with talent, and we all know that. Clemson has the better team again this year. Clemson is at home this year. I don't think it will be as close as it was last year, 28-26 to in College Station, but it's surely your must-see TV matchup 
of the college football weekend, along with number six LSU at number nine Texas. No ACC repercussions the way it was for that seven-year stretch, but a huge game in the national picture in college football. Clemson, by the way, is a 17-point favorite over the Aggies. That seems like a big number to me because Jimbo's a heck of a coach. I'm not a big admirer of, of his as a guy, but he's a heck of a football coach, as he showed at Florida State and even in his debut at A&M a year ago. 1-800-849-2761. Chris Myers in about 10 minutes. More of your calls next. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. All right, here we go. Last chance for Free For All Friday. Freedoms to be exercised. Jump on in. Questions, comments, complaints, predictions. It is a huge weekend in football at every level. Packers over the Bears last night to get things started in season number 100. Rams at Panthers Sunday afternoon in Charlotte. Steelers at Patriots Sunday night. Another tasty treat. Steve is at Apex. You can follow him at 1-800-849-2761. Clemson, A&M. LSU, Texas, Miami, UNC, one more team that I don't know how much we'll learn about, but will be in the spotlight. It is only Florida State hosting little old Louisiana Monroe. But if you're Willie Taggart and you're the guy who led the Seminoles to a season where they missed a bowl in the first time for the first time in more than three decades, and then you followed that up with a home loss to Boise State in week one this year, and you're the only guy in the last decade who's twice given away 18-point leads against Miami last year, against Boise in week one. You are building a resume that is the antithesis, good SAT word, than what Bobby Bowden and Jimbo Fisher, your predecessors, built at FSU. You're at a football-first school. You were already the talk of the offseason in all the wrong ways. Then you had the weird dehydration headlines of the week. You better convincingly beat Louisiana Monroe of the Sunbelt Conference this week in Tallahassee, or the conversation will take a really ugly turn. Stephen Apex, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, Dave, uh, you know me. I kind of live on the edge, so get me off the edge already. This is not the game I wanted to open up for the Rams. Good gracious. No. So so give me some hope on defense, because I, I think the offense can survive, but the Defense didn't show me anything during preseason. I wasn't impressed. You know, I don't blame you, but the, the bottom line you have to remember, and I know you know this, but I'm just here for you as that sounding board that you need, Steve. Most starters didn't play. Rams starters hardly played at all in the whole preseason. Panthers starters didn't play much. So you saw almost nothing from K.K. Short at defensive tackle. You saw almost nothing from Gerald McCoy, uh, formerly of the Buccaneers, to me one of the most important offseason signees, signees in the entire NFL offseason. Don Terry Poe, K.K. Short, and Gerald McCoy will be the starting three in up front in Ron Rivera's new 3-4 defense. Behind him, behind them, you have Luke Keekley, Bruce Irvin, veteran, and if he's healthy. You have the rookie out of Florida State, Brian Burns, who had a very good preseason. You have Shaq Thompson, that Luke Keekley says is more reliable than he's ever seen him. That's a heck of a front seven, man. The Panthers' defense concerns really are at safety and nickel corner. Can Jared Goff exploit that? It all starts with slowing down what appears to be a healthy Todd Gurley 
and the Rams' running game before you even worry about Jared Goff. I don't know. The Panthers could lose to the Rams and win their next three September games. Don't panic. I'm not even hosting the show Monday, so I can't be here to hold your hand on Monday. I am helping the Carolina Hurricanes raise money in a charity golf event. And that's important, Darren. It's for the kids. I'll be back Tuesday for hand-holding needs or anything else if necessary. Just remember the Panthers have a bigger picture than whatever happens against the Rams on Sunday afternoon. And I'm not chalking it up as a loss. To me, it's a coin flip game. The Panthers at home are absolutely capable of beating the Rams. I just think L.A. is one of the best teams in the NFL again this year. On the other side, one of the best broadcasters in the NFL. Chris Myers of Fox Sports is part of the TV call for the Rams' visit to Charlotte. He joins us next, live on the David Glenn Show. I don't want those damn dookies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hate. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by a hundred. You're in fantasy land if you ever think NC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show. Anyway you Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest is everywhere in the world of sports broadcasting. He happens to be a part of the TV call as the Rams visit the Panthers right here in our backyard on Sunday afternoon. Great work with Fox Sports truly all over the world. The Olympics, the Super Bowl, the World Series, the Masters, the NBA Finals, the Final Four, the Triple Crown, the Daytona 500, and many more. So, of course... We'll goof around and ask Chris Myers this question because there is breaking news from Raiders camp. Antonio Brown apologized this morning to Mike Mayock and his teammates in Oakland. And John Gruden says he now does expect A.B. to play for the Raiders in his Oakland debut on Monday night as part of that doubleheader that awaits us over the week one NFL weekend Chris welcome back to the David Glenn show I didn't mention the Westminster dog show among your many other items but since a B has to be handled with kid gloves I won't ask you to compare him to an animal but just tell us what happens to the misbehaving dog at the Westminster dog show where I would assume you know they hold the bar in a pretty high place literally and figuratively no yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't get pampered, and you're not groomed, and you don't make it to the big show if you uh, if you misbehave at the uh, Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show live in, uh, in New York uh, every every February. But as for Antonio Brown, how effective can a guy be who's got helmet issues, foot issues, doesn't show up at practice? You're new to a team. I, you know, the red flag should have gone up early with the Raiders front office and acquiring a guy like this and giving him the money before he even played it down for you and, and, and making it, you know, I think it was Charles Barkley who said, you know, if you give a bad guy a lot of money, he's going to be a worse guy. It'll reveal his true character. So I'm, I'm surprised that the, uh, the Raiders are allowing him to play in this game. And I think it's a bad example of, uh, uh, the way things are being run there. I I've said before, I think the Raiders are all about getting to Vegas and new stadium. That's when it's going to happen. They can talk about winning now. Uh, but they're they're a far cry from that, and I don't think Antonio Brown is going to help them accomplish very much, to be frank with you. You just exited your broadcaster coaches' meetings with the Rams and the Panthers staffs. As much as any human beings you've ever met, Chris, aren't they more about avoiding noise, avoiding distractions, avoiding the unnecessary outside stuff? I mean, yeah, everybody occasionally has to deal with the tricky player. But what sense do you get from NFL head coaches when it comes to these sorts of forks in the road? 
Yeah, and that's that's not new. That that uh, none of us are perfect. There's there's different kinds of issues with people, and I, I think Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh tried to keep it under wraps. I think the Steelers players knew what was going on with a guy like Antonio Brown, but if you can if you can keep it in house in the family and and try to get a guy and help him go in the right direction, uh, then that's okay. Especially if he has talent, you're going to give him extra chances. Uh, but that's what the Raiders should have done their homework because I, I, here I'll bring this up too. I, when's the last time uh, I'm talking about that star diva receiver, like Antonio Brown, uh, you know, won a, was that a Super Bowl winning team? I mean, mm. it doesn't you have to go back, you know, maybe to Michael Irvin, uh, Randy Moss didn't win one. Uh, not that he's got Julio Jones. Not that they're troublemakers like Antonio Brown. But uh, my, yeah, my point is that. You know, the, 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 that on the priority scale, the, the receiver to win a Super Bowl, not exactly way up there. So I wouldn't give all my money to a guy like that who, uh, who you just don't know how reliable he's going to be. But, yes, it's up to the organization to go back to your question and, and handle uh, the, the player before he gets too off the rails where it affects the entire team because that's, that's the damaging part. Moving to your game, Chris Myers of Fox Sports is with us. He is on Twitter at the underscore Chris Myers. Rams at Panthers early afternoon Sunday. Sean McVay is only 33 years old, and yet his regular season winning percentage through two seasons is 75%, which is better than even a guy like Bill Belichick for his career. Uh, Two straight playoff trips with the Rams. What is your sense being around him now and in previous years? What makes this guy special in maybe different ways than folks describe a Belichick elsewhere? Well, that's a good, for a young guy, I'll tell you his reaction after the Super Bowl disappointment where the offense, it was probably his worst game as a head coach. Yeah. His approach was, you know, find it, fix it. In other words, where we went wrong, we didn't rest on any laurels that we got there. Uh, we have to locate our problem and correct it so that we can get back and, and win that kind of game. He comes from a long line of uh, football in his family and his heritage. Uh, I like that even though he's an offensive mind, players tell you at practice that they'll walk around and pay attention and sit in meetings with Wade Phillips' defensive coordinator and players and special teams so that he gets a feel for the personalities on, on the entire team, but he lets his coaches coach their position. So he, he a grasp of also, uh, I would say, fostering and nurturing uh, young players to develop and also young coaches. We just saw Matt LaFleur from his staff a couple of years ago take over in Green Bay, won the game the other night, and uh, the, the coach in Cincinnati says, uh, was on his staff as well. So I, I think he's a very positive, upbeat, outgoing kind of guy for his age. And it's funny, in this game, going against the Panthers, that he, you know, in Atlanta, in the Atlanta high school area, he played football, and he's uh, he was a few years uh, ahead of Cam Newton, the guy yeah. he's going to be coaching against at the same time. So. Um, I, I, he's young enough, vibrant enough, but he's put he's put in the time and the energy as an assistant over the years, and made an effort really also to understand. Kind of relates to your question before to understand his players as people, and they really Rams haven't had any disciplinary issues with him. They've had guys go out of their way uh, to excel for their coaching staff. We would not ask you to give us all of your gems from Sunday's broadcast with Moose Johnston, but since you've met with the coaches, uh, what was something that you know registered with you, maybe took you aback, surprised you, 
uh, or was otherwise notable that you picked up from either the Panthers coaches or the Rams coaches? Well, I think two factors going into this season, and the Panthers have, have a good chance because of their defensive personnel to be very good. They won a lot of close game or lost a lot of close games last year. They were six and two and faded. So, but uh, Cam Newton's health and and his shoulder repair. He's had two different kinds of procedures in the last year and a half has had to kind of rework himself with mechanics and some things that before he used to just let his athletic ability take over at age 30. Uh, and McCaffrey is a star, Christian McCaffrey. So where where does Cam Newton take this team would be one part of it. And, and the Rams, I have no doubt uh, that they will bounce back after that, after that Super Bowl performance. As I said, worst offensive, but I thought their defense was outstanding to keep Brady and the Patriots to 13 points. So they've had some changes within the defense and Dominican Sue is gone, but they've added Clay Matthews, Eric Weddle, some veterans. Um, so their, their defense, they think is going to be a little bit better. Uh, but I think, you know, it, it, Todd Gurley is the question mark. Yeah. Held, where he wasn't healthy enough at the end. Now, he's supposed to be good to go. They didn't play in the preseason, but I expect him to not carry the load. He'll still be the star. He's the starter. There's no snap count on him, but how he holds up over the long haul, uh, I think we'll have a lot to do with Jared Goff's success, who's now you know one of the richest guys ever after his uh, guaranteed contract. And he deserved it in, in the last couple of years that taken his team to the Super Bowl. He's only 24 years old. So I, the Rams will be entertaining to watch in their playoff team and again a Super Bowl contender. His name is Chris Myers. Catch him on the call with Moose Johnston. Fox Sports, 1 o'clock. It is the Rams at the Panthers. A lot of folks see the Rams as one of the top contenders in the NFL again this year. It's a little bit more of a mixed bag. The Panthers kind of coming in right down the middle in the NFL's 1 through 32 power rankings. I'm up against the clock, so I'll let you go on that note. Thank you for being our Where's Waldo sports commentator, joining us from all over the world. We always appreciate your time, and we hope your visit to North Carolina is a great one. I always have a good time here. Enjoy talking to you. Wherever I am, you find me. I'll be glad to come up with the game. <laughs> Thanks, man. Chris Myers on Twitter at the underscore Chris Myers. Rams at Panthers. It's a coin flip game to me. I think it's a great test for the 2019 Panthers, who absolutely positively are capable of getting back to the playoffs this year if they have good health overall and if they can win their close games. Look at their schedule, 1 through six, one through 16. This is one of the harder matchups. You know, at New Orleans later will be another of the harder matchups. Don't panic on Monday, Darren. If you end up hosting Darren's show, do not allow for statewide panic. We stayed calm, cool, and collected through Hurricane Dorian. If we somehow have our state's team lose to the Rams – don't reach for the panic button. Can you promise me that as we come down the stretch on today's program? And as, of course, Jimmy Buffett takes us into the weekend, one of my favorite songs of his is called Lovely Cruise. Can you promise me that while I'm on the golf course, possibly winning yet another trophy for the prize closet yeah, on yeah, Monday? Yeah, no matter who is hosting, I can promise you that. No, no panic no, button. No statewide panic. And if you beat the Rams, that's a great sign. If you lose a close game, you're losing to one of the best teams in the NFL with a great running back when healthy, an amazing young coach in Sean McVay, and a wealthy quarterback now in Jared Goff. Aaron Donald's one of the best players in this league. You get to, you get to watch two of the best defensive players in the entire NFL. Luke Keekley for your Panthers, Aaron Donald for the Rams. If you win, it's great news. Lose a close game, you're in the mix. Schedule gets a lot more manageable the rest of this month. Now, if you got crushed or if Cam doesn't look healthy or if, you know, either line looks overwhelmed, well, that 
Don't hit the panic button, but it's okay if your, your fingers start crawling toward the panic button. And we'll be back Tuesday to discuss the details. Thank you and your mystery partner for carrying the torch on Monday afternoon, whomever that might be. Appreciate Chris Myers for dropping by. And, of course, we always like your statewide and beyond participation as well. Enjoy the games, NFL, college football, U.S. Open, Major League Baseball, and otherwise. We'll see you Monday and Tuesday on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.